On this episode of Inside Music Cast, we welcome back Steve Porcaro. When we first interviewed Steve in 2009, he broke the news to us that he was working on his first solo album project. If you heard the interview, you were also treated to two demos that Steve allowed us to share. After a busy six years with touring with Toto, his ongoing scoring project for the TV show Justified, along with his involvement in the production of Toto's latest studio album, Steve is more determined than ever to finish the solo album that has taken a backseat to these other projects. Inside Music Cast is once again pleased to welcome Steve Percaro. Hey Steve, thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. welcome. Well, you know, it's, it's been a couple of years since we last spoke to you, and uh, we uh, really want to catch up with you and, and uh, discuss all things Steve Percaro, you know, from, from, of course, Toto to, you know, your scoring work. And, and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit, too, today about uh, yeah. what you're doing from a solo project perspective. So mm-hmm. um, we're, we're glad you're back. This and, is uh, great because I love talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, when was the last time we talked? When was that? Well, the last time we did a full interview was back in 2009, but we did another catch-up with you a few years ago. So, uh, but yeah, 2009, and actually it was back, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the interview, but uh, it was back in 2009 that you had given us uh, a couple of songs that you'd been working on from, uh, for your solo project, things that you'd, you know, kind of been, I think one was called Ready or Not, another one was called Painting by Numbers. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh-huh. so uh-huh. we'll catch up with those here in a little bit. Sure. But uh, I want to sure. quickly talk about... Toto and the European tour that you've just fi- finished up, you know, and, and I know you're now touring in the sure. States, but but tell us about this European tour. How did it go, and, and how are fans in Europe reacting to this new music from, from Toto 14? Mm-hmm. They seem really excited about it. You know, the, the spirit going in and the way we treated the project seems to be everyone's kind of uh, uh, getting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. our fans in Europe, yeah. Um, yeah. who have always kind of gotten the band, but they're... Uh, they really seem to be loving it. You know, we did five new tunes from from the new album and our show, and uh, they went over real well. You know, and that's always Europe has always been a, a hotspot for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially Northern Europe, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, the Netherlands. You know, it's always been really good for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I noticed a lot of YouTube uh, videos, clips that were floating around out there, and it looked like the crowds were were pretty large and, and pretty supportive and, and really into it. So that's that's great to see. Yeah, it was great. It's yeah. a blast. You know, several years ago, Toto, you know, essentially shut down for a while in a sense. You know, Luke described the band as sort of having an identity crisis, especially, you know, since the touring band only consisted of himself as an original member and uh yeah you know when we when we all learned about your brother mike's battle with als it, it, it's you know it was really his spirit that rejuvenated the band it got mm-hmm. them back on the road and and the chemistry seems to be working really well and and now they're you know it, it's for me and eddie from we talked about this last week when we yeah. saw you in concert but but they're you know they're more original b- members in the band you know i don't think in my lifetime i've ever you know i didn't get a chance to start seeing toto until you know the late 90s mm-hmm. um but uh-huh. you know, all the, it was just a really, it was just really cool to see Hungate up there. You, you know, Joseph. I know Joseph was an original member, but but you know, it was cool to see him, and and of course Luke and Paige. So it's it really to me had a, a really right. solid feel to it, and it it just you know it just feels really great. Yeah. Plus the fact that just the band itself, they're just kind of embracing who we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's none of the, the tensions that there were in the band because of people's distinct musical personalities like my own say now they they appreciate me being me. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it really just feels different and more grown up and, and you know what I mean? I used to feel like I always had to prove myself and I don't anymore. You know right. what I mean? I feel like I've uh, 
earned my spot at the grown-ups table. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another thing that me and me and uh, Rick were talking about is just the comfort level. It, it, it felt just like what you're describing, Steve, about there was everybody was like, okay, not really performing. You're just doing your own thing. There was a comfort level on stage. And that sort of translated to a very clean sound. Joseph was on. Everybody seemed really yeah. in the groove and almost like old times and just like, hey, let's just have fun. It seemed relaxed and everything was uh, – It was uh, the chemistry was very comfortable up there. So it was it felt, it was uh, feeling that way in, even in our last show that we went to go see. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's definitely what we're feeling too. And I think you can tell that from yeah. the audience. Well, talking about those gigs in Europe, you know, fans who witnessed your, your gigs there have been commenting about how great it is that, that your – I guess you said you did five songs from the new album. And I think in concert, you sang uh-huh. on, on a track or two uh, during the show. And I just wanted to know, do you, do you enjoy singing live or is that is is that a comfort – is there a comfort level there for you with singing uh, live? Because you don't do it that often. No, I've always hated it. You know, <laughs> um, you know I've been taken aback on this last concert. The year before we did, I would do half of it's a feeling. I've been kind of sticking my toe in the water because I was always scared to death of singing live. Uh-huh. We, we had stuck the microphone up like at an early, like after our first album or second album, we stuck the mic up for me at rehearsal one time yeah. and I tried to keep taking it back. Mm-hmm. And I just was up there like yodeling half the time. It was terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, you know what I mean? I never wanted to even try to sing live again. Sure. You know? Um, it just was a very scary thing for me. And um, um, I found that if we put it in the right key, for instance, both at the feeling and taking it back, which I've sung the last couple of years, yeah. those have been lowered a whole step. There was a time in the band where, okay. I don't know, we just always felt like we had to do things in the key that they were recorded in. Yeah, right, um, right. <laughs> we would never consider lowering the key. Where now it's, kind of, it's common. And, uh, you know, if I was able to do that, you know, 40 years ago or whatever it was, 35 years ago, I would have, I probably would have given it a shot singing live. But um, yeah. I just... I thought, especially because my, my songs are always kind of these uh, 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 mid-tempo ballads that, you know, when you lowered the key, it just made them seem even more sluggish than they, are, than they already were. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I always try to avoid it. But now uh, um, now that we've done it, I I was singing uh, Taking It Back. And I do it sometimes at Soundcheck here. We've been, every now and then we'll play a song we're not doing in the set. And, uh, and I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it was real scary for me. I kind of, you know, I, I had to deal with my anxiety until that song is behind us. You know, then I'm kind of able to enjoy the show. But um, there was something about it I enjoyed, too, you know. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned Soundcheck, and this is a totally random thought off the top of my head, but uh, somebody sure. somebody uh, gave me a video here recently of you guys, uh, your, your Soundcheck in Atlantic City, and, and someone in the crowd, I think it might have been our friend Richard Simile, yeah. yelled out, uh, hey, uh, uh, play something from Dune. I think it was Take My Hand. <laughs> and you guys you guys went into uh-huh. it. Somebody recorded it, and I, I think it's it's up on our site. And, and uh it was very cool, and I think Paige mentioned to someone that maybe you know he, he was thinking about including that, or, or you know, as part of his solo or something in a, an upcoming <laughs> tour. So, fans really dig the Dune soundtrack. They do. It's funny; we're always surprised by it. It was such yeah. a you know, it was such a crazy experience, and it, it was kind of you know, when we look back, you know what I mean. If we had a do over while we were you know hot off of Total Four, and you know what I mean, all those Grammys, yeah. we should have gone. You know what I mean. We, we in looking back, you uh-huh. know, with twenty twenty hindsight, we kind of wish we'd gone right back into the studio and yeah. struck while the iron was hot, as opposed to yeah. screwing around with movies and <laughs> stuff like that. You yeah. know, that was. Uh, 
I thought a strange choice at the time. You know? <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, take away from the fact that uh, there was some cool music made. You know? Yeah, very yeah, true, definitely. Mm-hmm. Hey, for the shows here in the U.S., you know, me and Rick noticed that uh, the set list really didn't include any of 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 your songs. Is that just the way it just worked out? No big deal. Or but uh, I wish. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it is. I'm I'm starting to get more assertive as far as. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, wanting to have my mark in the show. And, and it's funny, as we speak, we're looking for somewhere to insert just some kind of keyboard interlude or something of mine cool. in the show so that there's a, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more of me in the hour and a half set. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it just is one of those things where, you know, uh, um, and by the way, the set list is a work in progress. As a matter of fact, we made some major changes last, after last night's show. Oh, really? Um, there's going to be some major changes in the set list. Wow. Uh, I'm not seeing taking it back still, but um, it's always a work in progress. We very much wanted to do something that was just right for the yes audience, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. which didn't necessarily mean doing all of our kind of more prog-leaning stuff. We just want to do, we're trying to find the perfect set for us to do. And, yeah. and um, what's great is we have a whole lot of material to pick from, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, really. And we've also know a lot because we've been doing a two or two and a half hour show, even in Europe. We kind of uh, uh, we've got a lot of stuff under our belt to pick from for this yes show. That's you know that we already all know. We've learned. We got all the sounds together, and um, so we're we're experimenting right now. Well, we've got a question from our, our good friend uh, Uwe Reith from Germany, who uh, who's really interested in knowing the future of the band in terms of of touring, whether or not Toto will continue the the touring for 2016, or will you guys take a break? Uh, what do you know? You know, we're talking about 2016. They're already kind of booking some stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's going to go there. Will there be another big summer tour in 2016? We've been doing the summers for the last several years. I yeah. think we might take a break from, from touring in the summer, you know? Yeah, yeah. For 2016 anyway, but overall with the band, we kind of take things a step at a time, you know what I mean? There's yeah. really no long-term plan in place, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Things have been going so well, just uh, as they are, with us just kind of, you know, like I've been saying, just being the best version of ourselves that we can be, we're just going to kind of see where it takes us, you know? You know, it's funny you, you say that because we've noticed, and probably everybody has too, maybe you can confirm that, it's just the overall health of the band seems good. Paige looks good. Luke is better than ever. You're looking good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, health health wise, you can really see that uh, everybody's doing doing pretty well. So that has uh, to do a little bit with uh, the increased energy and vitality of of the performances. Is that uh, the way you see it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, also you know, with, the, with the age we're at too. You know, everybody's kind of you know, that was the whole thing with like with making this record and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to see how it could have gone another way, you know, how it typically would go another way. But I think there's a little bit, especially with Mike's passing, with Mike getting sick, we were it was thrown in all of our faces again, how yeah. fleeting life can be, yeah, you know? Absolutely, yes. You yeah. know, how, you, how important it is to live every fucking day, to live mm-hmm. one day at a time, and to like, you know what I mean? To, yes, to, yeah. Sometimes live each day like it's your last, and that's going in to do the album. That's everyone was kind of treating it like it was going to be our last album, you yeah, know? Yeah, like it was the last album we'd ever make. So everyone kind of just brought their A game. It was not phoned in. There was no yep. huge attitudes. There was a there was people took it very serious and got very emotional sometimes about the way they felt. But um, at the end of the day, we just all wanted to make the best record we could, you know, at the time. 
And um, and I think that's how we're looking at the touring, too. You know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. kind of realizing, you know what? There's a chemistry with, you know what I mean, with uh, um, as many of the original members as we can, and we yeah. want to uh, uh, embrace that, you know? Yeah. I think I'm getting that feeling. Well, you you sort of brought up a, a, a thought that I had. It was a, one of my next questions, and it was it was about you know how you guys you know, how you, what you just said. You guys didn't mail it in. You guys gave it everything you had, and and uh, but I know that during the time that the album was being made, there was I think there was some information out there about that you guys were doing this album because you needed to fulfill a contractual obligation. But but totally yeah, but absolutely it, obviously you know you guys like you said you brought your A game. You can tell on the album. I mean the music speaks for itself. But I, kind of a question that came to my mind. Is um, are you? Do you guys think? I mean, I, it's probably too early to speculate, and you probably already know what I'm going to ask. But is what's your feeling, or what do you guys are th- thinking about in terms of making new music with the band in the future? I mean, is that still a possibility? It's a possibility. I mean, right now, especially even like David H, especially is kind of saying he's kind of making like that was the last Toto album, and um, but I, you know, you know, because it really was an arduous process. It really was sure. uh, intense. You know, it really, you know what I mean? It was, it wasn't like, oh, we're at an age now, let's just let everyone do whatever the hell they want to do and stay out of their way, yeah. you know, at all kind of thing. You know what I mean? Everybody was, was, uh, very, uh, uh, had strong feelings about how it should go and, and, and wanting it to be great and wanting to do our best. And, uh, um, you know, everyone let everyone else know exactly how they felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it could be tough sometimes. It could be. It could be tough sometimes. And um, I, you know, everyone's saying, you know, everyone wants me to hurry up and finish my solo album. That's yep. kind of a priority right <laughs> now, as far as new recorded stuff goes. Yep. All the guys are real excited about. They've heard a lot of different stuff from my, from what I'm getting ready to go. You know, Bend was one of those things. You know, yep. Bend was right. headed for my solo album, and you know, they needed a tune at the last minute. You know, to fulfill this part of the contract again that they. That uh, uh, they'd forgotten about, as far as the Japanese release having to have another song. You know, they didn't have right. any other songs going around. There were no. See, that's the thing about Toto. Between us, and I mean, this is on the record, but uh, that's one thing that's always driven me nuts. Is the guys kind of the first ten songs we record are the album, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's never any really extra cuts. There's never, hey, let's record twenty things <laughs> because everyone's so prolific. Let's record twenty things and pick the best. Yep, no, they exactly. never do it that way. It's the first album's worth of songs that are recorded, that's the album, which is not the way David Foster does it. It's not the way Quincy Jones does it. You know, yeah, all these yeah. great producers, we oh, yeah. they, you know, the, the song-picking process is, you know, a big part of what they do, you know? Exactly. Um, and just the way it is with this band, it's just the way Toto's always worked. The first tunes that are recorded, that's it. But is is that even is that even true for the uh, the Hydra album? I'd always heard that there were some extra tracks with that, like it was supposedly well, maybe one or two, but they've already been released. You know, for for the most part, you know, there's maybe a couple things, but nothing finished at all. Yeah. Nothing anywhere near close to being finished. Yeah, but it is true. As time went on, it got to be even more so that way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. As time went on, you know, mm-hmm. it was a little bit looser the first couple albums, but as time went on, the first. Ten or so songs we record, or whatever you know, the album's worth was. Yeah, was one of those tracks called the Red Sea? Was there a track that you guys did yeah, called the Red yeah, Sea? Yeah, Red Sea is one of the very few that not that many people have heard. It's just a core. It's just a. Uh, um, it's it's a uh, uh, it's a really cool kind of classic Toto thing. Uh-huh. With the different sections, but it just has a the, the vocals are just done on the chorus. There's no other lyrics or okay. 
first melody or anything done. It's just a, an old piece. Yeah. And when was that Never done? Was that done around the time of Hydra? Uh, Red Sea? Probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'd always heard. I didn't know anything about it. But. You know, people would like to think that there's hundreds of those laying around, and you know, there isn't really. You know? <laughs> exactly. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it was uh, when we were there at the show, me and Rick, uh, it was so nice to touch base with David Hungate and chat with him. But, you yeah. know, he is, you know, he's all heart, man. And it's, you know, he, he's all in this. And he w- he just told us that he's just so, you know, humbled and that he can fill Mikey's shoes, but also just be up there with you guys. And he's he's having the ball of his life. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've got a question regarding that. I mean, and, and even with Shannon. You know, David hinted at one time of retiring, and and there's still curiosity in the minds that uh, of some fans that uh, you know they'll wonder if if Keith Carlock is going to be the Toto drummer, or will it be Shannon taking the reins? Uh, how much can you share with us about uh, David and Shannon and, and Keith right, at this point? Well, you know, it's just it's been kind of fuzzy because the way they, you know what I mean, the mm-hmm. way they do it, it's you know not everybody does the VIP thing, yep. and, and in some ways they just kind of focus on. Uh, the, what they call the four principles, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's it's kind of it's it's all that stuff. We kind of take a day at a time. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as all that goes, we've been loving playing with Hungate. It's been you know it's it's been really cool. Where you know sometimes some tunes that you were used to hearing them a certain way, it's like all of a sudden you hear you know when the guy who played the record, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Playing the part, it just reminds you. You're like, oh yeah, that's how that went. <laughs> yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Because everyone kind of makes the part, you know what I mean. Mike made the parts his own, and Mike did an amazing job. You know what I mean. And there's some things I miss about Mike. You know the way Mike played certain stuff, and and the tunes that Mike was the bass player on, things like right. Pamela, that you know are staples of the live show or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yep. It's all all of that, and who the drummer is and stuff. We're kind of taking. You know what I mean. Um, Keith was supposed to do the tour. Was supposed to do all of this year, but there wound up being a small conflict with Steely Dan, and yeah. You know, it wasn't some heartbreaking thing or gut-wrenching thing because we had been working with Shannon, and we love working with Shannon. You know, yeah. Shannon's amazing. That's great. He really and is. On a personal note, Shannon's been helping me with my stuff. We've been bartering each other's services, and he's been playing drums on my stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. to know. That's, that's cool. And that's fantastic. awesome. And the sound of his drums and the recording, he's, he's got a uh, an amazing studio in Nashville. It's not... It's not a typical home studio. It's very much a, a you know a real cutting room, and and it sounds fantastic. Right? Wasn't that his father's studio? You know, I don't. It might have been. You may know more about it than I do. Yeah, you know, it I, might have been. I just had a. We just built a studio here, and the guy who uh, helped us, he's out of Nashville, and uh, he said he knows Shannon for his father. And uh, apparently, you know, Shannon grew up in the studio, basically. And I wondered if maybe the studio he has was was his father's. And I was, I, I didn't know the answer to that question. I was just curious. So interesting. I don't know. Okay. I know he was very particular about his room, and you know what I mean. He really, really, Shannon's got this aspect of his personality where he's very, very meticulous, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Really likes to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. And have a knob on things, and <laughs> uh, um, his stuff is just sounds sounds amazing and his drumming is his you know musicality has been a real good match on my stuff it's really kind of helping me get finished to be honest with you, you know? 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in just a second because we want to we want to ask you a little a few more questions about what's going on with your solo project. But real quickly, um, just staying with the topic of Toto, real quick in the new album, we we spoke sure. we spoke to Luke pretty extensively about the album. So we we found out a lot of info from him. But since we had you here, we thought we'd ask you a couple questions. And sure. I guess one comment was, is, you know, it was so refreshing. And we mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, not only it's, you know. To hear you, you know, on your compositions, but your voice on the little things and the and the Japanese bonus track "Bend," which we talked about. But you know, I mentioned to Luke, uh-huh. uh, Luke, a few months ago that um, you know your touches on this album make this album feel as complete a Toto album as fans of you know ex- have experienced since you know the seventh one. And aside from these two songs, you know, how deep did your contributions go on this record? Well, to be honest with you, see, that's the thing. It was uh, you know, if you look closely at the credits on the album, yeah. Um, you know, usually, uh, um, I'm sorry to jump around, usually Toto always produced ourselves. And we equally right. split the production six ways, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. We were all down there at the studio every day. Right. Um, and I kind of assumed that's how it would be this time, but the reality was is that I was working on my TV show, Justified. Ah, uh, okay. When they first started working. Gotcha. You know, when they, when they very first were going down to the studio and working, I was kind of busy with Justified. Okay. I would pop in. But the core guys that were there every single day, you know, no matter what they were doing, were Luke and Paige, Joseph Williams, and C.J. Vanston. Right. You know. Okay. So, uh, you know, those are the guys that really get the production credit, you know, as far as the album goes. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, I, I did a lot of what I have always done on Toto albums, and I, you know what I mean? Believe me, I, I can, uh, you can hear where I worked hard on on, uh, on some of the other songs, on uh, Holy War. On, right. Great expectations on uh, um, a lot of the stuff. I got to really kind of leave my mark, and 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 you know what was great is Luke would you know go here sixteen bars, do whatever you wanted to do your thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and I love that, and I got to do my thing, and uh, yeah. I loved it. You know, and then you know on my songs, I got to uh, uh, totally do my thing. You know what I mean? And the right. little things was uh, uh, you know I had. Keith Carlock and the whole band at my disposal, and I loved it. And then um, it was pretty much just me in my studio. That's yeah. such a beautiful song, The Little Things. I mean, it uh, is. I think out of every track on that album, if there was one, I think, in this day and age that could have hit the radio, and it, I, I so wish it could, I think that is the song that could have really broke through. I think so, On too. the entire album. I do. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe someday, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. something gets used in a TV show or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's true. You know, who knows, you know? Well, you know, also, Band is, is a track that really, sh- you know, should have been experienced probably on all releases, at least in our opinion, our humble opinion. And not just the bonus track, you know, <laughs> exactly. in Japan, yeah. Uh, but we're sure, you no, know... I get that a lot. No, it isn't, because it's not a throwaway track. It's a track that was very, uh, right. uh, men- means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, meant a lot to me and means a lot to me. Right. And, um, you know, it wasn't just some... You know, some tune we recorded that really didn't turn out good was the dog of the album or something like that. You know, it was the B-side. It right. wasn't that at all to me, you know? No, uh, no. Yeah. For my babies. You know, when we talked to Luke, you know, it, we sort of likened it to a secret love on, on Hydra. You know, that short and sweet, <laughs> comp, you know, completion, you know, to the mm-hmm. very dynamic record. You know, it's uh, it just ended. It was the perfect ending for that, and, and this just felt just like that, too. So uh, me and Rick were really delighted to... When we heard Ben, that's the definitely the kind of song that Thanks, you could push on replay and just let it go, you know. So very nice. Thanks. No, I, I, I'm, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping people discover it. You know, yeah. I know, I, I think the only place to hear it right now is kind of on YouTube or something. You know, yeah, I don't know. Right. If can, is there even a place to buy it right now? 
I don't think you can here in the States. No, I don't in, think you can. No, it's not on, listed on anything domestically here. I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't think I saw it. Yeah, if any, yeah. Of our, if any of our listeners know any other difference, go ahead and post that on our, on our Facebook page, but yeah. uh, we don't think so. Well, moving on, Michael Sherwood is, is a friend of yours and a, and a collaborator, and I had a chance to chat with him recently, and you know, he's, he seems you know, very persistent <laughs> in, get, <laughs> in getting you to concentrate on your solo project, which, which I know you, it's, it's in progress, but yeah. um, when we spoke to yeah. you, you know, for the first time, like I said, back in 2009, and I can't believe it's been that long, but, oh, you, right. you, mentioned that you, <laughs> but you mentioned that you were really focused on on writing songs and that you you know you had several tracks in the works and in fact at that time you allowed us to share a couple of those tracks with our with our audience uh, mm-hmm. during that show one was painting by numbers and the other one was ready or not mm-hmm. and uh and actually just before the interview you sent us uh, uh kind of a, the latest version of of uh Ready was it ready not. or not? Yeah. yeah, and we just had to listen to that. Yeah, right. could... yes, it's the latest update. There. Yeah, I think when you shared it with us back in two thousand nine, there were it was only the chorus that had vocals, but now it's 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 complete, or it sounds complete anyway. Yeah, there's just a couple of fixes. I got. I'm going to work on the bridge a little bit more, but it's it's um it's pretty much done. There's going to be some live guitar on there instead of my. Uh, there's some sample guitars that I'm going to replace with some live guitars yeah. that uh, a buddy of mine's working on as we speak. Yeah, and and but tell... it's just about there. Very cool. And the song Painting by Numbers that you shared with us, is that also a song that's going to be a part of the solo project? Yes, we're thinking about rethinking it and just kind of, uh, um, I would love to just release it as it is, but yeah. it's kind of, uh, um, you know, we might kind of just simplify it and just do another easier version of it. Okay. It's been so long, and it's been around so long, it's kind of, uh, right. you know, when you take too long like I do, it's, things start sounding dated to me. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's... Remind us again, the the young Irish uh, or Scottish artist that uh, sang on that piece. What's his name, Steve? Jamie Kimmett. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We well, were I don't of... know which version. I'm not positive which version I gave you guys of Painting by Numbers, but the the one I really like is the one that actually Mike Sherwood does most of the vocals on. Really? Um, we haven't heard that one. Jamie has been very much a part of uh, my project here. He'll be singing uh, at least two or three things. You know, oh. that'll be on the, my album. You know what I mean? will be Jamie Kimmett singing. And songs that he helped us write too. So will it be a combination of you, Jamie, and even Michael singing vocal, sharing vocals possibly, on the new album? Yeah, possibly some Michael. Okay, possibly some Michael. All you right. know, and uh, possibly some other people too. You know, there's actually a couple tunes that that Mike and I are, are trying to cast. You know what I mean? As as yeah. songwriters, we want to just uh, um, we want to try to find the best possible singer. Yeah. you know, for that song. You know what I mean? Very there's cool. A lot of that on the album too. It's not just about. Me, me, me. It's about me as far as my writing goes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But uh, um, I have no problem having some other guys, you know, sing some stuff, you know? I'm going to be singing a lot more on it than I originally thought I was, you know, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. because uh, everyone's been bugging me to sing more. <laughs> 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 no, and I've been getting, to be honest, too, I've been getting more comfortable singing, you know, just yeah. kind of accepting my voice that, I, you know, I do what I do, and that's, it's, a big part of who I am is my voice. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, it's a very distinct thing. And even though it's, it, I may see it as being very limited. I know there's people that like it and, and I like it for certain things. And, uh, I'm going to start exploiting that more, you know, Good. using my voice more. Yeah. Well, as we mentioned a little earlier, you know, uh, Steve, back in 2009, you allowed us to share a sample of the track ready or not. And at the time, like we mentioned, it only had lyrics in the chorus and, uh, and Steve has been kind enough to send us the latest version of the song that Eddie and I listened to a little earlier. And uh, like we said, it's nearly in its finished state. 
So we're pretty excited that Steve has given us permission to share a sample of this track with you. So without further ado, this is Ready or Not from our guest Steve Percaro on Inside Music Cast. You know, I've always felt that the songs that you write and their style are, are, are you know, always kind of have a, a kind of an introspective and very personal feel to it. Almost as if you're wanting to tell the listener a secret as opposed to, you know, simply letting it all out. Would, would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's well put. In saying that, though, do you think that's maybe like a reflection of, of who you are, your personality? I'm sure. I'm sure. Any shrink would tell you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? That, that lyrics, a lot of times lyrics are like, you know, dreams in a way, you know, you mean you may not think there's a literal translation there, but yeah. it means something. Right. There's a reason you chose those words and you know what I mean? Yeah. Put them in that order. Well, and, and I guess maybe a follow-up to that is is in saying that, I'm curious about your new solo project. Is Are you going to have any songs that just completely rock, that it's going to just take us all by surprise and just, you know, better? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time. You do? And, um, Sometimes I think I just want kind of want to give up and say, you know what, just be you and make like the new. Uh, you guys remember the Roxy Music album, Avalon? Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yep. You know, it was known at the time as like you know one of the best makeout albums ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and I thought maybe yeah. I'm destined to make makeout albums. You know, <laughs> oh, ballads. You know, all mid tempo ballads or whatever. No, uh, I, you know, I'm, I can't wait to start writing some up-tempo stuff. I just got to start off with some up-tempo drum beats and stuff. I yeah. just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of, that's kind of who I am. And yeah. that's the stuff I kind of gravitate to. I like things that are slow enough where you can hear the chord changes, you know? Right. You know what I'm saying? Where there are interesting chord changes and you can, you have time to hear them. They sure. don't kind of whiz by. Mm-hmm. And, um I'm just kind of, that, that kind of stuff just kind of seems to just pour out of me. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, again, instead of apologizing for it, I'm no. just now starting to just exploit it. Cause yeah. I, I, li- I like it too. And people, you know, people tell me they like, they like that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to, uh, um, 
let it grow. You know what I mean? Well, it goes it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how we thought it was so refreshing to hear, you know, your voice and your your contribution on this new album because we haven't heard that, you know, in quite some time. And, right. And, uh, you know, any astute fan of, of Toto uh-huh. knows what what you bring to the band and they can hear it. That's why I felt like 14 was so complete. Yeah. You know, because it had your touches on it that we hadn't heard in such a long time. So, and that's what you bring to the right. party. And I think it's, I think it's pretty wonderful. It's a, it's a cool sound and it's something Thanks, different Thanks. than I've what. Been, I've been getting that from some fans, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the band feels that way too. And it, it yeah. feels good. You know what I mean? You know, what I love about your approach is, you know, you can, you can definitely accomplish enough groove to even a, a, a slower moving, medium moving pace. And the track that really I think is a perfect example of that is Human Nature. I mean, that's that that mm-hmm. track that track alone yeah. has a lot of cool groove atmosphere. to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, atmosphere and groove atmosphere. to it. I like every one of my songs. I like right in the intro. You're kind of in a place. You know? Yeah. You know that's what I'm always trying to do. Yeah. I'm always trying to make it different from what you've heard before or what mm-hmm. you're going to hear next. And and um, Give it an atmosphere. Give it a sense of you're somewhere. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Get a little technical with us. I mean, the, you know, I'm, I'm a keyboard player, and and there's a lot of keyboardists that are listening right now. What kind of patches are you? Are you programming a lot of your own uh, patches these days? Or I mean, a lot of your sounds are so ethereal, but they're really you know, d- it's rich. A, it's a good question. You know, in general, as far as synths go, you know, I used to be that was the thing with me. Right. Some people may wonder why I didn't have more songs on Total Albums because yeah. I was. I was the second keyboard player in the band. You know, the reason I was yeah. originally hired in the band was to kind of cover David Zokertuss. That's mm-hmm. what I did in Boss Guys. Right. I played the ARP string ensemble lines and the, and the uh, you know, the little mini Moog overdubs. That was my job. Mm-hmm. And that's why they asked me to be in Toto, was to continue doing that. I just kind of, you know, I started getting tired of just being that guy and started trying to make that job bigger than it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, right. uh, um that's why, at the time, I figured, you know what, if I'm going to be the synth geek in the band, I'm going to be the best, best synth geek I can be. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of threw everything aside and just really, really focused on synth. And that's why my songs and my songwriting really took a back seat yeah. in the early days. I was mm-hmm. lucky if I'd gotten a song finished, you know, in the you know in the year that we had made an album and toured. And, you know, I was lucky to get one song done in those days. Um, but now, where this is, uh, where I'm going with this is that, you know, back in those days, there wasn't anything that produced a decent string sound. Yeah. It was a nightmare. That's yeah. true. That's true. And I was just always spending, I spent lots of time, many, many hours, say, just there, trying to make a better string sound. Yeah. You know? Now there's a million libraries out there that right. have incredible string sounds. Beautiful stuff. I wish I'd spent all that time writing songs like the other guys did. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. You know what I mean. I'm starting to be more um, picky about how I spend my time, and one of the things that's now taking a back seat to my songwriting is synth programming. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, as far as you know, for the keyboard players out there, I'm spending a lot less time programming because there's so much amazing stuff out there. Right. All the guys that program, uh, um, you know, the Spectrosonics guys that do right. Omnisphere, all sure. this. Uh, um, the stuff Jack Hotop does, and, mm-hmm. and there's just so many guys out there, John Lemkul, these guys that just have amazing libraries and do amazing work. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. I don't have. To, I feel like I don't have to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. Someone's already got that covered. I can now do 
what I feel I was put on this earth to do, which is just to be Steve Picaro and do what only I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's guys doing programming that are doing it much better than me. Now, part of my sound is being able to, yeah, pull up the hood on the synth and be able to tweak them to my song and to the, the part I want. I love having that knowledge. I love being able to do that. So. Yeah. But I... um. I start off with there's so much great stuff out there. I, I know. I'm using it like everyone else is. You know, <laughs> I'm just drawn to the sounds that I'm drawn to, which are, right. you know, I love atmospheric stuff, like I said. I love yeah. voices, and I love ethereal pads, and yeah. places that kind of make me feel like I'm somewhere. You I know. know. You know, me, Rick, make me feel like Rick and I were talking about, uh, you know, some of the, the intro uh, intros of, of some of your pieces and uh, even the ones you mm-hmm. send us and you just have a, and typically I'm not a really a, an ar- arpeggiator type of guy but you are t- complete the king of arpeggiation and how to use it so tasteful I mean uh, it, it's so so beautiful as a back as a back laying type of a rhythmic type of support well, you know thank you for that but remember uh, you know with whether you're talking about human nature or whether you're talking about painting by numbers uh-huh. and the intros yep. and they are the arpeggiations you're hearing every one of those notes is written out you know there's yeah. no nobody's holding a chord while an arpeggiator is yeah you know being gotcha. clocked to the you know to the drum machine those those are all those notes are all written out that's wow. neat yeah, to know very cool that's really neat to know every one of those notes it's just that's you know one of my things i do you know that's one of my uh, um you call it a hot lick, but believe me, it's not a hot lick yeah. at all. Well, that's great to know. No wonder it sounds so. It takes a lot of time, you know what I mean? But I love, um, I love, and I have this special paper. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. It was on my Starlix video where I still have tons of it, where it has, you know, 16 you know, divisions, Jeez. you know, in the, in the score paper. So I'm able to uh, write out what I call my yadas. Wow. And, uh, you know, some of my yadas, I'm able to write it out and have the chord changes underneath it and. You know what I mean? I know right when the chord changes and, and I'm able to make sure all those 16th notes or whatever they are yeah. change right along with the chord changes and kind of score it out. So it's oh, not, yeah. it's not uh, left to chance. That's cool. Very cool. Hey, one other thing I want to talk to you about um, on, for this solo project that you're doing is, it, like I said before the, uh, the interview started, you sent us a couple of tracks and one of them was one we hadn't heard before and it's called To No One. And uh, mm-hmm. just tell us a little bit about that track. Or as much well, as you can. it goes along with, there's bends. I wrote these three songs pretty close to each other, and uh-huh. I had to do a lot with, um, I'd been thinking about my brothers a lot. You know, Mike was, was getting close to the end, and I was, uh, uh, a lot of stuff was coming up for me. Yeah. And I kind of wrote three songs um, in a row. It was kind of bend to no one, and there's another one you haven't heard yet, I don't think, called More Than I Can Take. No, I haven't heard that one. Uh, yet, that's no. one that I wrote all the lyrics to myself. Oh, Mike okay. Sherwood is usually my partner in crime on Bend and To No One. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. They're all my babies, but Mikey Mikey helps me. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he on all my songs to varying degrees, uh, you know, he helps me get them done and uh, really helps me bring things home lyrically, you know. And uh, you just heard To No One. That's kind of our latest. Yeah. Just kind of, we just finished it right before I left, and I threw down a rough vocal and I I just wanted to share it with you guys because I'm excited about it. Eddie and I were really excited that you shared it with us and uh, we also appreciate that uh, you've once again allowed us to share a sample of the track and uh, which like you mentioned it's it's still a work in progress and it's not the final version but this will give everyone a, a little taste of what's to come. So here it is a sample of the track To No One from our guest today Steve Percaro on Inside Music Cast. Thank you. 
circus bearing her soul The finishing touch on a letter she wrote That's addressed to no one Michael says no one's to blame But look at him now He just won't be the same as he ever was Brandon theatrics behind the stage door It seems they were acting on fear, nothing more They were young, they were told You play all the right angles You could own this town And watch it untangle Take one more spin around the sun She prays alone in the dark to no one And that was a sample of the demo version of the track To No One from our guest today, Steve Picaro. Thanks, Steve, for letting us uh, take a listen to that. Yeah, definitely. Another topic is uh, the Picaro, A Band of Brothers uh a documentary that's being put together by your brother-in-law, Steve Duddy. And um, uh-huh. can you tell us uh, what's happening with, with that? How's that project h- coming along, and, and how involved are you with that project? I, you know, I really can't tell you because I'm really not that involved. Okay. They have my right. full support. Yep. Um, they have my full support with the project, but I'm not – there's like a little bit too much of, uh, um, you know – talking about how great we are, you know, for me to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like that. I can't hang, you know what I mean? I can't. Now, this is your chance to get in there and say, hey, a little little more Steve, please. A little more Steve Picaro. (laughs) My sister and her husband, and I just completely support what they're doing. They're they're doing their thing, and I want to let them do it and just support them. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, we were just curious if uh, how it was coming along, and and uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, no, it's coming along. He, Steve's been doing lots of interviews with a lot of lot of different people, and uh, you know, it's just kind of taking shape. Very we're good. Trying to get some investors together, we're getting stuff, and I just kind of, uh, um, you know, I, I just uh, feel like I I totally support it and support them. I just kind of I think it's best that I keep distant from it. You know? sure. Oh, yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Well, we're on the topic of uh, your family, your daughter, Heather, which we've met one time when you guys uh, were in Nashville getting inducted into the Musician's Hall of Fame. Um, you know, uh-huh. she, re- she released some new music uh, a few years back, and I was wondering uh, if she'll still be involved with music, or is she, uh, you know, has she traveled down Absolutely. the... Absolutely. Uh, Heather's a Renaissance woman. She's a true Renaissance woman, and she's been, she's been, uh, um, God, how do I put it? She's just been on a roll lately. Yeah. She's yeah. been amazing and she's been blowing my mind and she's constantly doing music and she'll jump to a you know she's been directing a couple of videos for some other artists um she helped toto out with all their art and that's did right an amazing job the team she put together that mm-hmm. put together that front album cover and yeah. all that artwork uh she did the photography for the band and then she's been yes her and her husband alex dixon are uh alex got a project coming out soon and then heather's going back in and then she's constantly making music Constantly. They have a studio at home, and they just kind of uh, do their thing. That's cool. Yeah. And it's been really fun to watch lately, because she's been really on a roll. <laughs> That's cool. That's good to know. Um, hey, you mentioned Justified a little while ago, that the TV show that you've worked uh-huh. on and scored for, for several seasons. Is uh, this is that Six show still in, Yeah, is it still in production? No, no, no. It's Justified's all done. Last it's all done. Last season was the okay. final 
Cool. And then uh, are you going to move on to other scoring projects or is, is are you going to be... No, I don't know. You know, my priority for me right now in my life uh, is to is to work, finish my solo stuff. Yeah. I want to get stuff out there. It's really, I've been talking about it for way too long. And, uh, you know, I, I it's still, I'm just com- doing it completely independently, which is why nothing's been put out yet. It's because I, you know, I haven't taken money from anybody and I just want to be able to do my thing, but it's it's time, you know? Yeah. It's time. It's time to get it out there and to remove my excuses. And uh, thank God, my everything I've been writing lately has been uh, much simpler than stuff I've written years ago. So that's that's a good thing. So the new tunes that'll get on there, like to no one, as you can tell, they're pretty sparsely produced, which is the way they'll, you know, I'll finish them that way too. I'm not going to add a bunch of stuff. You know? You know, obviously you're out on tour with, with Yes right now, and, and when that's finished up, I'm sure you're going to be continuing work on your solo project. But um, any uh, anything else down yep. the road beyond that that you're involved in? Any other projects that you've got lined up? No, not at all. I've been no? trying to actually turn down stuff because I've just been really wanting to focus. You know, I mean, people ask me why my solo album isn't done and been talking about it all this time. We were even talking <laughs> about it back in '09. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Between just five, the last six years and total the last five years, it's been, um, you know, hard to, uh, uh, it's, it's also really important for me to be a, a human being and a father to my kids. Sure. And I, I yeah. um, you know, and I've got to pay the bills, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, uh, believe me, I'm dying to finish my solo album and share it with everybody. Awesome. You know, I want to get this stuff out there. Well, we're excited about it. And, Definitely. Uh, and please keep in touch because uh, we want to help you spread that spread that word as well. I will. You know, because my, my thing has always been if people like, like human nature, people like my songs on solo yeah. albums, they're going to love my solo album. Yeah, <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Well, cool. Well, thanks so all much, right. Steve. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your interest and thanks for your support all this time and no your problem. patience with me. Okay. <laughs> thanks for being a good. Thanks for being a good friend. We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, guys. Bye. 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 Special thanks to Steve Percaro for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley, Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Mikhail Ingstrom, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, Don Brightup, and Mats Uniland for their continued support and content development for Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For information about becoming a sponsor and sharing your message with thousands of music fans around the world, please visit InsideMusicCast.com for contact information. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside MusicCast.